welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, it says that in whom we have, been, we have redemption through his blood, forgiven according to the riches of his grace. Look at the next verse, verse 8. Wherein he had abounded to us as in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9. The having made known to us the mystery of according to the good, uh, according to his good pleasure, which he has purpose in himself. Verse 10. Uh, okay, let's go to the verse 6. It's something in verse, verse 6 I'm looking for. That's the one. He says that to the praise of his glory, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. He has made us accepted. You know, there are times you go to a place and you don't feel like qualified to be there. You don't feel you belong. But Bible says that the best team in the world, the best group of people in the world, the creme de la creme of creation. In chapter, chapter, I think chapter 3 verse 10, it talks about the creme, the creme de la creme of, cre- of creation. Yeah, some of you don't know. It's, it's there. You see, can you see there? You can't see it. The, the summit, the climax of God's creation, everything God has ever done, the creme de la creme of his creation, the summit of it, the climax of it, the best of it. He says that to the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in heaven, they know more than we know. Angels see more, demons see more. They have rec- they know you already. They know a lot about you you don't even actually know because you were not there at your birth. You were not there at your conception. You were not there when your mother was beginning to accept your dad. Okay, I think I accept you. You were not there. And there are things that your mother has never told anybody or you. There are things that you haven't ever mentioned to anybody and no one will know you ever had that feelings. Maybe that pain. That sorrow, that fear. You don't talk about everything. But powers know a lot. Principalities. And Bible says that the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known. Now, there is something that God wants to display. Display to the powers and the principalities. And it can only be displayed by the church. So that may not known to the principalities and the powers by the church. The manifold, the word manifold means many-sided, like a diamond. Diamond has many different sides. It doesn't matter what direction light comes from, it will be okay. Diamond will be okay to shine wherever the light. So the many-sided, manifold, multifarious or multifaceted wisdom of God. They look at the church and they said, what? How can this girl or this guy who used to be a sinner like that, who used to mess up now, look at the way he's lifting holy hands. And they know you can worship, but when you lift your hands, they can see the hands are holy. But they know, in fact, last week, the way you were thinking, the kind of things you were doing, but you are still accepted in the beloved. Oh, come on. You are accepted in the beloved, and when you worship, you worship before God in the name of Christ. It's so pure, it's so holy, and they look at a mixture of sinners. People who were born and created in sin, we were dirty and vile. The word is vile, reprobate, without God. 
God. Fire. No one had to teach us how to lie. We said no before we could say yes. We, rebellion is in the child. First, a child will rebel before he starts obeying. This spirit of rebellion. Where did, no, we were all born as rebellious creatures and children of wrath by nature. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. We were children of wrath. God's wrath by nature. You didn't have to do anything naturally. <laughs> okay, verse 3. Among whom we were uh, conversation in the life as the last of the fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath as others. We were children. When God looks at you, he's upset. Just, just, you didn't have to do anything. Just your mere nature evokes the wrath of God. And there are principalities, they know it. And yet, you, God in Christ, accepted you in the beloved. He accepted you in the beloved to the extent that you, when we are worshiping, you join. It doesn't look like a wrong person has come in. The angel saw oh, a wrong person is going. No, no, this girl shouldn't be in church. Oh. This boy shouldn't, shouldn't be part of Christians. He's going, he's going, he's going. When I talk about Christians, I'm not talking about those who go to just church or whatever. I'm talking about those who are born again and in Christ. He said, this person come and they become a Christian and suddenly, even though outwardly you haven't changed, your tastes haven't changed. You become born again, you come to the altar and say, I give my life to Christ. Doesn't mean your taste has changed. The things that tempt you, tempt you, the things that tempt you, they haven't changed. So you go back, you write the thing, it's the same. The same, the same things that tempt you, you haven't changed. Externally, internally, the only thing that has changed is that the life of God has come into you. It's your spirit, man. And because it came to you, because God is a spirit, when we worship him in spirit and in truth, he goes past the first barrier, the physical, the next barrier, the soul, and he relates with us from our spirit. So it doesn't matter. You can do so much good and behave so much well like Mother Teresa. Without Christ, God can, there's nothing God can. It's like a phone without a SIM card. God, God can't have any really because he's a spirit and you are dead spiritually so there's no connectivity but when you become born again in Christ Bible says that he became 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45 he became the life giving spirit so Jesus Christ is the life giving spirit when you become born again he brings the life of God it is called eternal life it is called Zoe it is called everlasting a life that never ends a life that is, is divine in its nature that's very important so when you are a Christian it is not initially being a Christian is not, a fun, it's, it's not because you have reformed your behavior Christianity is not fundamentally reformation of character but it's fundamentally a change of nature it's something that has changed in you and when you begin to live according to what has changed in you it begins to affect your behavior it begins to affect your character so no one you don't have to tell people you are born again they will see something has changed about you you don't have to tell people that you go to church and you are in christ they will see it you don't have to say it they will see because if the thing is showing there is a change in your life shout yes And the angels of God wow. and principalities and powers, they look at this and they marvel. They marvel. They say, this thing is 
gloriously, the church is gloriously heterogeneous. Mm. Different backgrounds, different personalities, different people, different tastes, different cultures. But we are all one. You see, see, United Nations, there's no divided organization like United Nations. (laughs) They are the most divided organization on on earth, the United Nations. (laughs) But the church... We, 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 we don't, we are not actually united. We are one. Yes. <laughs> There's a difference between unity and oneness. So sometimes the, the, some versions, the English versions translated as unity. It's not unity. It's oneness. We share the same spiritual DNA. We share the same. So that the life of God that flows in me is the same life that is flowing in you. That's why if you are a Christian, one sign of genuine Christianity is you get attracted to other Christians. The one who says I can't stand Christians, I doubt if you are genuinely a Christian. Because it's not a matter of choice. It's a matter of taste. Because the life of God, oh, I feel like preaching. Because the life of God, Zoe, the life of God that has been introduced in you. When a child is born and is still birth, it can't breathe, it can't suck, it can't open the eyes, can't cry. Why? Because to suck is a function of life. To cry is a function of life. To move is a function. You don't have to train the child. A child, a, a, a day old child, you put the mother's um, or, breast in his, and you don't have to teach, don't, don't, come on, don't, you don't have, it begins to suck naturally. Who taught that child to suck? No, it's, the, it's called the law of life. Uh-huh. It's a law. Once you have life, certain things, so when doctors, when they come, and someone is lying down, maybe you have an accident or something, they, one of the things they check is the signs of life. They check your pulse. Do, do you have life? There's a sign. They have to check your pulse. And then they will also check consciousness. After the, your pulse, okay, they will check your consciousness. They will check your heartbeat. They will check the oxygen level in your, in your blood. That tells that your brain, something is circulating. So there are basic things to check to know that there's life. They have to check you, the activities in your brain. Are there activities in your brain? If there are no activities in your brain, you can be brain dead. And you are gone. So these are signs of life. In the same way, when you have the life of God, it comes with the signs. That's what I'm trying to say. If you have the, how can you say you have the life of God, but you can't stand other people who have it? You don't. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are seeking to kill me. You call yourself the uh, uh, disciples of Moses, but you are seeking to, to kill me. Why? Because you, don't, you are not really disciples of, because Moses wrote about me. So if you are really a follower of Moses, actually, you have, you develop a taste for me. In John chapter 5, he says that, yeah, let's go 5. John chapter 5 verse 39, he said, you search through the scriptures. You think you are doing, you are just religious. You think you are serving God or you are looking for God. You are, you are studying the scriptures. You are experts in the scripture. But everything you are studying is talking about me. And yet I've come and you know you are not receiving me. That means you are not really reading the scripture. You are not seeing it. Because if you see it, you will see me. That's what he said. You search, you search the scriptures. For in them you think that 
ye have eternal life. And they are there which testify of me. These things testify me. Look at the next verse. Testify of me. And ye will not come to me that you might have life. You are looking for life in the scriptures. And he's telling you now, life is in Christ. And Christ has come and said, no, we don't like you. So really, it's not life you are looking for. It's a mental exercise, intellectual exercise you are looking for. Oh, I feel like preaching already. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in John chapter 8 verse 40, he says that you are not descendants, you are not Abraham's children. Because if you are Abraham, Abraham, your father will not do what you are doing. <laughs> Look at 39. Look at verse 39. He answered and said, uh, uh, the answer and said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, ah, unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, you will do the works of Abraham. In other words, if you have the Zoe of God, it will begin to manifest and reflect in your life. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but we have been accepted. I'm, I, I, want, I will end on it, then I'll go to my main message. I'll end on the fact that I said that we are the cream de la cream, the cream de la cream of God's creation. We are the top. We are the poor man. I'll come to that. But he said that. He said that if you were Abraham's children, you would, you would, you would, you would do the works of Abraham. Look at verse 40. Verse 40 says that, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which... I have heard from God. This did not Abraham. Abraham won't behave like this. So you are not. If somebody is born again, you will know them by their fruit. You will know. And in Titus chapter 2 verse 11, it talks about how the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So it's not discriminatory. Salvation is not discriminatory. It has appeared to all men. What has appeared to all men? No, 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 no. What has appeared to all men? It's the grace of God. That, that's how you should read your Bible. Please. I taught you a very good at school. It's the grace of God that brings salvation. Pastor has arrived. So he said, grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. What brings salvation? The grace of God. Where is the grace of God that brings salvation? The one who goes to hell is their own fault. But this grace of God that brings salvation has certain characteristics. So you want to know that this person has received the grace? Look at the verse 13. He said, teaching... No, no, the next verse. Yeah, verse 12. Teaching us. This grace that brings salvation, if you have got it, it will teach you. If you have got that salvation, it's a grace that brings. And this grace is teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. What is the problem with this? What, my, why must this be a pastor's problem to yank somebody from worldliness? That means you are dealing with an unbeliever. You are just dealing with an unbeliever. You have to. You, unbelievers, we yank them. We yank them. And when they stop, it's religion. They haven't met Christ. So an unbeliever can stop sinning, can stop stealing because he likes the ambience and the music and the environment. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. Teaching us the life. Bible says that in Romans chapter 8 verse 2. He said, for the law. Did you see that? Most of us, because of our kind of teaching and the kind of teaching we are exposed to, we don't notice that statement for the law. We only get our attention. It's nice, okay, of the spirit of life is Christ, and we think, oh, set me free. That you get excited before we can even think. No, the subject there, what is the focus there is the law. Oh, yeah. 
but he's telling us what kind of law. It's not the, the focus is not the spirit. The focus there, he said, for the law of the spirit of life. He didn't say the Holy Ghost. So there is life you have received, and this life is generated by the spirit. And he said, so he's called the spirit of life, and that spirit of life has law. As soon as it hits your system, the, the sense, you begin to have the sense of life. So deep in, in your heart, you begin to respond to some things of God. You begin to get drawn. That's why you just feel when the word of God, that's why pastors need to really focus on God's word. Because the more I teach, if I, I talk, I reason with you through philosophy, philosophy, I can appeal to you. You go, yeah, 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 you can be happy and be jumping, but it doesn't touch your spirit the way it should. But if I don't even talk and I just keep quoting scriptures, I keep quoting scriptures. If you are a child of God, if you have the spirit of life in you, suddenly begin to, there's, there's, your spirit begin to feed on because it identifies the word. So is that kasha? It is the word content in our preaching that makes it godly. Mm. It's the word content. So we have been accepted in the beloved and have become like a mystery. First Peter 1, receiving the, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Go to the next verse. This is what. Of which salvation the prophets inquired and searched diligently. They, they knew about the salvation coming, so they started doing research. <laughs> and you know what? The, 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 the focus of their research, the, the focus of their research was uh, to... Go, go to the next one. Let me show you and I'll come back to it. The focus of their research, uh, the, uh, searching what manner of time the spirit of Christ in them was and, and, and the glories that should follow. So they, they, they were prophesying. The prophet was prophesying. He was prophesying about what God was going to do. But the prophecy doesn't come from him. The spirit of Christ inside the prophet. So Christ has always been around. The spirit of Christ inside the prophet Isaiah, inside the prophet Jeremiah, inside the prophet prophet Elijah. You can't be a prophet outside of the spirit. The spirit of Christ inside the prophet Zerubbabel, the prophet the the, 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 the prophet Zechariah. So the spirit of Christ inside them was speaking something. So when they, they prophesied what the spirit was saying, the prophet, but after, so that tells you that it was not from their minds. Because if it was from their minds, they won't be inquiring, what am I talking about? So they didn't have to think about, think before they said. They spoke and they started thinking about, wow. So let me go and do a research on what the spirit of God is telling me. And they were researching on the, the timing of which salvation, this is salvation, go back to the verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. They're trying to research on this salvation. How, what is the time is going to come? And because I'm prophesying some things, and what I'm prophesying is, it sounds too good to be true. But I know it's the spirit of God, so it's true. This thing sounds too good. It sounds so wonderful. It sounds so glorious. I'm talking about the cream of God's creation. It has not had. Oh, it has not yet been manifested because Bible says that God hid these things in the ages past. God hid it. It was hidden in God. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 25 somewhere there. It talks about how this subject of church was hidden in God. So the Jews didn't know about it. 
The prophets just prophesied about it. But because they were Jews, human beings, they were, they were wondering. Mm. They, their minds were wandering. Mm. It says that the mystery which had been hid from the ages, uh, uh, for, for ages and from generation, but now it's made manifested. Ephesians chapter 3, it talks about, I think verse 5 somewhere there, it talks about God, this thing, the church that I should reveal, yeah, which in, in verse, look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Whereby, when you read, you understand the knowledge and my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which is the church, okay? The church is the mystery of God. One day I'll talk about Which in other ages was not made manifested to the sons of men and is now revealed unto you by his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So these things, uh, somebody gets you what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. It's that which uh, is revealed now to the, uh, by the Spirit. So these things about what I'm talking about, watch this. I'm talking about the church. Some of you haven't realized I'm talking about the church. These things about God, about the church, has been hid in God from the beginning of time, from ages past. Right from creation, God has had the church on his mind. uh, There's one of the scriptures, I think Ephesians also said, from beginning of creation has been hid in God. That's how come God can call us from the foundation of the earth. Because before the foundation of the earth, if you were chosen, so then God already had a plan in his heart and his mind. So he has chosen certain people. Watch this. And this thing has been hidden in God, the church, but now has been made manifest. So when they were prophesying about the church, they will prophesy one thing. Wow, what did I just say? Oh. So he begins to research. I went on. But there are no documents to research because this is a hidden document. It's a mystery. It has been hidden. So, but they kept inquiring. First Peter chapter, chapter 1 again. They kept inquiring. So searching of what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. When it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ. The suffering of Christ was testified long time beforehand. And they prophesied about it beforehand. And the glories that should follow. Look at the next verse. This is what I want to go unto uh, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister these things so he said hey, excuse me excuse me you are professor you are beginning to open oh god so how is this is going to be what is excuse me it's not for you you are prophesying about the church the prophets god made it clear to them that this subject of the church that you are prophesying it will come after Christ comes to suffer. And so you just prophesy. By the time it happens, you are dead. Even though you also say, get saved by believing in Christ. Watch this. Which is now re- reported unto you by them that preach the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. So what I'm trying to talk about is that, you know, go to, uh, that's the one. Which, uh, which things the angels, an- angels, angels look into these things. And when, when we come to church, when you become born again, the angels sit down like this. They go like this. Hey, God. They look at the church and they can't understand it. They, they, they look at, you are in church. And it's not just your attendance, but your nature. You are a child of God. Listen, Islam cannot say that. Islam said even Jesus cannot be a child of God. Because they don't understand this mystery. But the truth is that you and I have been begotten and accepted. Accepted in the beloved people who are loved by God. One day I'll show you that God doesn't love everybody. Who are loved by God. For God so loved the world, I'll explain it. Who are loved by God. We are the beloved. 
God looks from above and his interest is the church. Be careful the way you attack a church. Be careful. God's sole interest on earth is not people. Those of us who have made ourselves helpers of men but destroyers of church, you will be judged. You are more interested. That's, that's, that's religion. That's religion. That's what has brought uh, Christianity UK to this. It's not about faith. It's about being nice. It's about being nice. They, you can go to church. I used to go to church before I became born again. And no one told me about Christ. They told me about their stories. Their stories about Christ. But no one revealed. Christ was not revealed in the teachings. Christ was not revealed. Christ was heavily eclipsed or missing. It's not church. Anything outside of Christ is not and cannot be church. And so, people touch that talk about, oh, be nice, I'm a nice person. You are more interested in helping people secure homes. Church board meetings, discussing governmental issues, discussing how to alleviate poverty. This, all those things are good, but it's not our primary assignment. Yes. You can save somebody from difficulties in their lives. But saving them from hell is Jesus' assignment. That is why they don't believe in preaching to people. That's why they don't believe in talking about Christ and the gospel. Because the gospel is offensive. Oh yes, Jesus was offensive. That your Jesus who doesn't offend unbelievers is not the Jesus I know. Jesus doesn't annoy or hate people. But the message in itself, if you don't want God, it will offend you. Preaching that is godly will offend some whilst it's still saving others. So you choose where you stand. You choose where you stand. Preaching. Bible says that when Peter preached these things, when they heard these things, they were cut to their hearts. Acts chapter 2 verse 37. They were cut to their hearts and they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? They were cut there. They were cut. But when Stephen, when Stephen preached in Acts chapter, chapter 7, verse 52, 53, 50, down there, Bible says after he said all these things, they were cut. Verse 54. And when they heard these things, they were cut to their hearts. It wasn't not the same effect Peter's preaching produced, but what, what, and, and they gnashed their teeth at him. It produced fury and anger. The preaching that could save them. The same preaching that saved others offended others. If you're a pastor and you're afraid of offending people, you shouldn't target to offend people because that's not godly. No, that's not godly. But the message in itself can cut. And people who have callous heart and who don't have a sensitivity to God or people who are still unbelieving can be offended at the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. He says the word we are preaching is an offense. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to those of us who are saved, it's the power of God. Go to the next verse. Let's go quickly. Let me show you something. The power of God. For it is written, I'll destroy the... Go to the verse, verse 20. Let's pick up verse 20. Where is the wise? Those who think they are wise. Where is the scribe? Those who understand uh, uh, letters and words. The disputers of this world. Uh, um... Has God not made foolishness the wisdom of this world? In other words, what the world says, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like, yeah, yeah. Just the one who is talking. The Bible says God has made it foolishness. He has chosen to not to use the popular opinion route. Mm. 
So when the fact that something is, is popular doesn't mean it's godly. That's right, that's right. God has never worked with majority carrying the vote. No, no. No. God doesn't do majority carrying the vote. He himself is the vote. And go to the next verse. I like, I like that one. It says that, for after the wisdom of God, Bible says that after the wisdom of God, in other words, see, God has a skillful, a wise way, or he has wise ways of doing things. And in his wise ways of doing things, he was pleased that the world, through their wise ways of approaching things, will not find God. Do you understand? No human being can be a master of the truth. No, no, no. Your best argument, someone can find some flaws in it. So, see, human ingenuity are outside of God. You see, the, the vilest things they can do. Human ingenuity. If I don't care about God, I, I, I rule myself. So, so, he says that these things have been hidden. It, in the wisdom of God, it has pleased God that the world, through wisdom, will not know him. That's what he says. For after the wisdom of God, uh, so, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It has pleased God by the foolishness of this preaching to save those who believe it. So it may sound stupid, but God said, that's what I will use to save those who believe it. <laughs> and that's God's wisdom of operation. God's wisdom. Look at the next verse. For the Jews require a sign. God said, I don't have a sign for you. The Greeks' wisdom, the Greeks, they are known for philosophy. So great philosophy, they like, tell me something that, mm, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Haven't you seen the number of African preachers that we have in London? Yeah. And most of them preach Christ. Yeah, they may have their own poverty challenges. Which, see, when you have needs, sometimes if you don't know how to bring yourself under control, your needs will influence your direction. And you make terrible mistakes. Even though you are a genuine person, you find yourself stealing. And later on, you didn't didn't intend to steal, but you you started liking this thing so much. You can be a very wonderful, well-meaning husband, and if you are not careful, you find yourself cheating on your wife. Because you have not bridled your desire. What you want, you get. What you want, you get. You see, the way your mom used to give you everything you wanted, it wasn't helpful. I, mean, I, feel, really, I feel really concerned about you. Because you don't know how to do without getting what you want. That means that your, that your destiny is likely to be compromised. Why? Because of test and desire. You are intelligent. You are good. But I'm concerned if you don't allow the Holy Ghost a space in your life, if you don't allow the, spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law, it's a law. Once it comes into you, that law, there's another law operating in you. So there's a law inside you. Oh, I feel like preaching again. I'm going back again. In Romans chapter 7, verse 16, I don't know why I'm preaching this. Romans chapter 7, verse 16, it talks about a certain law which is not good for you. It said, uh, let's go from verse 15. Verse 15 says that, for that which I do not allow, for what I would not, sorry, sorry, that for that which I do, I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I, I let's go to New King James, please. Let's, let's do New James. In fact, let's go to NIV. Look at this. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, 
I do not do. But what I hate. Don't pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. Don't pretend. There's a reason why God made me stay on this topic. It's, it's called human nature. So you see, the religious people, they look at you. They look at you and they judge you because they have seen that you are doing what you are not supposed to do and you are struggling. You do not want to do. You actually vow you whatever you ended up doing. How many times? Beaucoup de la times. <laughs> Beaucoup de la times. Some of you shouldn't have just lifted your hand. You should have lifted your legs and your two hands. But you see, people will think that there's, there's something wrong with you. You are funny. Religion will just condemn you. But human nature is such that the things that I do not, if not just I do not want to, the things, he said, the things I hate. Can you imagine you are doing what you hate? You are doing what you hate. You are doing what you hate. That's why you have to keep coming to church and, and allow to, me to preach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because running away doesn't solve the problem. <laughs> when I go to church, the kind of things they preach about. What else? Somebody, you see, there's power in God's word. And once the word is coming and it enters your spirit, the next time you find yourself in some environment, it becomes a contest. Yeah. The word in your spirit is trying to fight and your, 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 your flesh is pulling you. And you're saying, no, Jesus. No, I don't want to do this. I don't. Then you begin to hear pastors, but hey! You don't have a pastor. That's why you are sinning without restrictions. That's why. And you, God, that's what God has to judge. God, judgment is a reflection of his nature. If he does not judge sin, doesn't judge wrongness, then it's against his nature. He has condoned with unrighteousness. So he has to, his glory must be defended. So for now, he has reserved a day where he will judge all. So you may be going, you need a voice. Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, no, sorry, verse 11. Knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. Knowing therefore the terror of God, we persuade men. We are trying to persuade you, don't stone us. Thank God for a pastor who will persuade you out of sin. doesn't care whether you give tight or not. Who doesn't care whether you come or not? I care though. When you're absent, it troubles us. Jude 23. Look at this. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. You, we, if you have to hate. It said, whilst we are doing this, we should hate garments defiled by the flesh. So when your flesh, your, nat- your, your naturalness can defile your, your spiritual garment, which you even hate. Anything that will be defiled. We have to snatch, pull out of fire. That's the job of the uh, person. Wow. Said, knowing therefore the terror of God, we persuade men. But we are now well known to God and also trust that well known to your conscience. Persuade men. Yeah. I'm persuading you. But you see, he says that the things that I hate, mm-hmm. that I do, I hate it, but I'm doing it. 
Knowing the wrath of God. No, no, the law, the law, the law, the law. What I hate, I do. Look at the next verse, verse 16. And if I do what I do not want to do, what's the problem? I agree that what? The law of God which says don't. That law is good. Okay? I agree that what God said, there's so, see, first law. Go to the next verse. The next verse. It's, as it is, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that lives in me. Look at that. So sin lives in, say, sin lives in people. Go to the next verse. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. Okay? In my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. That's what some people say to me. I don't want to go to church. A hypocrite is someone who is doing it and willingly and trying to pull a wool over people's eyes to look very... So you are doing it. You know this is who you are, but you are presenting a different impression and an image, and you, are, you defend it, and you are doing it so well that people have, have believed you that this is what you say you are, but you are actually very different. But when you say, I don't want to sin, but I'm still sinning, I don't, it doesn't make you a hypocrite. It just makes you a struggler. For what I do is not the good which I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. The next verse, watch this. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who does it, but it is sin that lives in me, sin living me that does it. Look at 21. Oh, oh, that's what I've been looking for. Do you see that? For I find this law at work. There's a law. Sir, there is a law at work in your members. There's, a, yeah, he uses the word members. Uh, let's go to New King James. I think it will, so. There, I find a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. You see, the one who wills to do good, evil is, come quickly. Um, let's say, for illustration's sake, let's say you are the one, the evil. Okay, hold my hand. No, no, yes, like, so that you can pull it back. I, I'm not supposed to be using my left hands to be talking to people. So let's say that's the law of God. And I really want to do it. But every now and then I'm going to do it. Pull me back. Oh, the, the evil that doesn't allow me. So it's, it's me, myself, I want it. But there's something stronger than me. Inside me, not outside me. You, you. It's good to know that sick people come to clinic. Church is for people who, who need God. Not those who don't need God. So if what I'm talking about, you can identify with it. Rather, don't be angry. Because that's where I was going. Some of you will be offended because you think somebody has told me anything. I don't have that time. It's the Holy Ghost that is speaking to you. But Satan is blocking your heart so that God can punish you. Satan wants God to punish you. <laughs> would you believe? Did we advertise that I'm going to preach on hell? Oh. <laughs> Guys, now watch, I can't. I can't because the time is gone. Now. So what should I do? <laughs> Somebody said we are in the month of flow. At this juncture, I will connect it to hell. So don't worry, we'll finish on hell. I won't preach on, but I will show you. Because Satan wants to send you to hell. But Pastor, I have a question. Where is that law coming from? As soon as man sinned. The Lord check. You remember in the verse 16, he said, What I don't want to do, that I do. And he says that if I do not, I agree that 
the law is good. No, oh, verse 17. Look at verse 17. I want to show you something. It, do you see that? It's no longer I will do it, but who is doing it? Sin. Who is doing it? Sin. He didn't say I am sinning. No. Now, sin is a person. There is a personality inside you. Where is it? In the human nature, the human flesh. There's a, ask me this, how I am. There's a personality. It's called the old man. So, our sinning against God, people don't go to hell because they do bad things. They, fundamentally, they go to hell. There's all, there are many ways to hell. Many ways. You can use different routes. There are different routes, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Several buses and trains go there. Wow. Oh, there's a lot of different <laughs> Different routes, I'm telling you, there are many routes. So, Hitler, you, you can be a Hitler and behave like a Hitler, killing people and bad works, you can go there. You can be a Madame Teresa and not hurt people and still go to hell. You can be a murderer like Osama Bin Laden and go to hell. And you can be an assistant to the, to the bishop or to the pope and still go to hell. You can be a very pride cancer. There, there are 120 different things mentioned in the Bible. It, not the New Testament. 120 sins that make categorized in, I think, uh, uh, 12 each or so most. That tell, when you go read it, uh, those, for instance, Revelation chapter 19 or so, the vile um, abusers of them, themselves, um, uh, those who disrespect mothers or something like that. So far, liars, thieves, abominable, the sexually immoral. It is there in the Bible. Plenty, different, different categories. Many roads lead to hell, but there's only one road that leads to heaven. Only one. Only one. And that road in First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. I'll come to Ephesians, but I want to chip in some hell, hell stuff. So <laughs> Let's all read it from the screen. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Let's go. What does Jesus do? Delivers us. Jesus who delivers us from the death, wrath coming. It's only him who can deliver us from the wrath that is coming. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9, verse 7. Let's start from verse 7. This one is first alone. The next one is second verse 7. And to give you who are troubled, sorry, and to, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his might. Look at the verse 8. It's very scary. Bit. Verse, very scary. Verse 8. Very scary. Look at it. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, one category, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord. Wow. Flaming vengeance. Fire. So you stay in church and take offense. We are just trying to snatch somebody from fire. Look at the verse 9. They shall be punished with how long? They shall be punished with everlasting destruction away oh, from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Everlasting is not a momentary. It's not a season. Ever, it lasts forever. 
So when I was going to do this, one of the things I'll be talking about is why must God punish somebody forever for what he has done in a short lifestyle, lifetime? Why? Because, I'll talk about it next week, because the punishment of hell is not for, uh, um, not for reformation. It's not reformative. It's retributive. There are two different things I'll talk more. So, oh, but I've just, it's just these little things that I used to struggle with and I've been doing. Why would God punish me so much? Because uh, there are a lot of restrictions. By hell, it's away from the presence of God. No restrictions. So who you really are, which when even God restricts you was there, you couldn't, you're now free. So you are actually more sinning. <laughs> so the punishment can never catch up with your sins. <laughs> I'll go next week. It's going to be a, a, exciting. But can I finish on what I've been talking about? At least I've mentioned hell. Is it not true? Yeah. <laughs> how many of you are happy you came to church? And how many of you are learning something from the word of God? Yeah. See, once I've not changed my mind, that means I've not started teaching. Yes, 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 yes. So this one, I was, I was just saying something and the Lord put that scripture on my heart we have been accepted in the beloved that means so much Shoo! when angels look from heaven ah, he's also amongst them then they are confused but they look at it and they see it's true, you are, you are qualified to be amongst them but on the other hand, they, they know you are not qualified but when they check the actual proper records of God you are so qualified and they are filled with awe. And they marvel at the many-sided wisdom of God. How could God do this? So when Satan made man sin against God, he said, la, 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 la. Then he was dancing. Da, 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 da. He was dancing. I've got God. Because God's favorite thing he created, that's why he created the last day human beings. Because we are the center of his creation, not the earth. Those saviors of the earth. <laughs> we were the center of God's creation. So he created us last. And then when he created us, he blessed us to be in dominion of everything. Then Satan came. And what God loved, Satan came and poured on it. So now God has a problem. You can't destroy what you love and yet you can't have what you love. So it was like a conundrum. But the multifarious, multifaceted, many-sided wisdom of God is about to be displayed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a Christian story. So God said, oh, I know what I'll do. No, oh, no, no, no problem. I've, I've done it before I even created them. Mm. And so God himself also became like a, a pulled upon creature. And then he took this destroy. See, is it Satan? Where does sin live? In the, you know, the things I don't, because sin lives in me. So Jesus also came and had the flesh and sin lived in it. Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. He said, he says that God sending his son in the image of, a, for, <laughs> you see the law. I was talking about law. For what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh. The law of God couldn't achieve some things because the flesh has been mad. So he couldn't do it. It's like we are trying to make you raise a horse. You can't. Naturally, you can. I mean, we are, like, we are trying to ask you to climb this thing and come up. 
<laughs> Naturally. So there, there are restrictions on human nature. So human, humanly speaking, there are so much restrictions on you, but the law of God demands that you do it. And yet, because of your restricted human nature, by virtue of sin that has checked into human beings, we couldn't do it. So he says that for the law, for what the law could not do in, the, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. How did he do it? By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So he also came, the son came like a sinful flesh, like one of us. In the likeness of sinful flesh, on the account of sin. And what did he do? He condemned sin in the flesh. So, for once, somebody can live without sin controlling him because once you are in Christ, Christ has condemned sin in the flesh. So, that sin that is in your flesh, when you are under Christ, Christ has condemned it. So, you can come under the cover of Christ. So, Christ came and the, the, pool, the devil's pool on God's cream, the lacrim, or God's special favorite creation, Christ came and, and, and neutralized and destroyed the pool and cleansed it. So that anyone who be in Christ is what? A new creation. As soon as you come in Christ, you are not identified with Adam. You are identified with Christ. Adam is called the first Adam. Christ is called the last, not the second, the last Adam. Adam is called the first man. Christ is called the second man. So you are either a descendant of the first man or a descendant of the second man. You are either a descendant of the first Adam, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, 44 and 45. You are either a descendant of the first Adam or you are a descendant of the last Adam. In other words, what started in Adam, the last Adam came and terminated it and germinated the life of God. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. Let me finish by there. Some scriptures I didn't finish and I jump, jump all over the place. I'm getting excited. Are you not learning something at all? Yes. Or you want me to talk about marriage? No. The devil is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 So I think I want to still finish the first Corinthians chapter um, one. Verse, we got to verse 23, isn't it? First Corinthians 1 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews stumbling blocks, to the to the Greeks foolishness. Now go to the next verse, verse 24. Go to the next verse. For, okay, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The next verse. Because the, the, because the foolishness of God is why It doesn't mean God is foolish. But if you call it foolishness, even what you brand as foolishness is smarter than your highest wisdom. Wow. Let alone the wisdom of God. Even the foolishness of God is above your wisdom. Wow. That's what I say. Says the foolishness, let's assume if you are saying it's foolishness, then what God has brought, which is foolishness, is better than your wisest one. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Look at the next verse quickly. For you see, not many of you, you see your, your calling, brethren, not many of you noble or wise. But God has chosen 
the foolish, the weak things, the beggarly things, the shame, the foolish, to shame those who think they are. Those, the things that are not. That's why in church, somebody will say, why is it that many people in church are poor? It's not true, one. It's not true, one. But number two, you won't, for instance, if you want to get people to know Christ easily, just use any of the modern day celebrities to come and start talking about, and then three of them keep talking about and are speaking well. People begin to believe them easily because Prince Charles is talking now. Prince Charles is a believer. He's talking about Christ saved me, and I've seen this, and he's convincing. People who know he won't do anything. He won't do this for... Can you imagine Bill Gates? Bill Gates talking about how he has met Christ. People begin to take this. But God has not chosen that route. He has chosen an African like me. (laughs) Who, Who may not have a voice in the secular corridors of power. Because he doesn't need that. God will choose you who nobody respects. Look at your family. You are possibly the one who doesn't have much. But you are the saved one in the family. So God has chosen the beggar, the foolish things, the, the, the things that are despised to confound the things that are. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Go to the next verse. And the, the base things of this world and the things that are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to note the things which are. So when he says things which are not, he says when you are, are considering things to uh, people to come for important things, this one you don't consider. It's not. God said, I'll use the ones that are not to bring to naught those that are. Very interesting. Very interesting. So there's a law in you which will make you prone to sinning. That's why I, there's a law. It's called the law of sin. It's there, Romans chapter 7. Where did we end? In Romans chapter 7, verse 20. Let's go to 21, please. Now, if I do not do, if I find, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. That's a law. Go to the next verse. For I delight in the law of God. Do you see the law of God? According to the inward man, my inner man, I want to do God's law. Go to the but I see another law where where it's not church members. So. Do you know your members? Your body members, your 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 elements. There is a law use working through your fingers. There's a law working through your mind. There's a law, brother, working through your eyes. Your eyes are your members. And that, you, have you understood? Have you wondered why? Why do I like watching naked women like this? And sometimes I hate it. Sometimes I'm fine. But when I see one, it gets my attention. Yeah, there's a law. That law is, is, is in your members. It's not that you are useless. No, let's get there. Let's get it right. It's not about you being useless or you being vile. The religious will brand you. That you are, you are, you, you, who do you think you are? No, it's not that. It's just that you are human. And by human nature, there's a law operating in you that will make you not be able to please God. There's a law in you. And where? It's not very far. It's in your members. A law. So to override the law, if I jump, do you think I can jump and go and suspend there without holding on anything? No, I can't. Why? 
Because there's a law of gravity. God created man and set laws in place. So if I jump, the law of gravity will pull me down. In the same way, if I want to overcome the law of gravity, then I have to use the law of lift. That's why he's standing in the lift and he's going up. It's not you. The <laughs> it's the law of lift. The law of flotation will over- overcome the law of um, sinking. <laughs> the law of aerodynamics can overcome. So we sit in a plane and it's, it's shh, ah, this big metal, this big object with a lot of human beings inside is going. And look at you small. You can't even jump and go. Because there must be another law to supersede the prevailing law. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, there is a law of sin and death working in your members. If you joke with it, it will crash your future. If you joke with it, it will spoil your chances in God. If you joke with it, your blessings, the blessings that God has packaged with your name on it will never materialize because you are joking with the law that is working in you. If you joke with it, when a child falls, they don't, hurt, they don't get hurt too much and they can't even get hurt and healed. But when an older person falls, sometimes they never get healed. Because there is a law of human nature. When you are old, be careful, fear, you have to respect for. <laughs> yeah. When you are old, you, have, you may break your hip. Your hip, because the, your age, your age cannot afford certain accidents. Children, they play and they always fall, they get hurt within a short time, they are fine. But no, it's law. So you have to have a healthy respect for the laws of life. Some of us respect the laws of men because the police will arrest you. But the laws of life, you have eaten so much fat. Your attitude towards your relationship will cost you. Laws, life is full of laws. So he says that there, uh, the, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. That's the first one he's mentioning. So four laws. The law in my members the law of my mind, the law of God, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is at work in my members. Uh, 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 am I saying something strange? I know you are quiet because you understand exactly what I mean. What I mean. There is a law working in your members. It is not only... You see, most people think sin is only sexual. There are certain attitudinal sins that block God from blessing you. You know you are not supposed to do it, but sometimes you, 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 your emotions take over you. Because somebody has done something against you. So I'm preaching. And all the preaching, I'm trying to spite you. No, that's, you have gone into the flesh now. You've entered the flesh. The, the law, the law in your members has gotten you. The law in your mind has got, it has gotten you. So sometimes you, you think you are so spiritual, but some people can be preaching about, oh, you know, we have to laugh. Sometimes when people put you on Facebook, some church people are funny. But me, I'm forgiving everybody. You, you are hypocrites. Did you, need to, did you need to come and announce to us your forgiveness? <laughs> so right there, right there, your forgiveness is just to take a, a box. It's, it's to take a box. But the best of them is the verse, chapter 8, verse 2. So it's a called, let's finish. Look at, so look at the next, the next verse four, 24 is a very interesting one. Verse 24 says that, said, oh, wretched man that I am. 
How many of us have ever felt like that before? You are trying, you are trying, but something stronger than you is controlling you from inside. From inside. From inside, something stronger than you. It was you were born. It's natural with you. It's so natural. <laughs> I didn't know you were around. You know. It's so natural. You were born with it. You were born with it. Some of us were born with attitude we don't respect. That one I think is more nature than nature. <laughs> but you are born with it. Sometimes you have two children at home or three children at home, and their temperaments are one person so maybe can be very nice, and the other person is so disrespectful, doesn't like people. Mm. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the same family. Yeah. You know, but your nature, your nature can bend you, can give you an inclination. You are inclined a certain way. And that is what one of, watch this, that's one of the things that. God, Christ came to deliver us from. But that one, it can happen by constantly renewing your mind through the word. We are soothed in your spirit. But I said, your faith, which is the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls, which salvation the angels inquired in the one we just read earlier on. So the law, watch this, said, oh, wretched man that I am. Sometimes when the edge of sin is on you, it's so strong. It's so strong. How many of you have sinned and as soon as you finished you felt so sorry for yourself so i mean i know a lot of you haven't but <laughs> if you are if you are christian that is your initial reaction to sinning because the grace of god teaches us so your initial reaction to sinning is conviction you feel sorry bible calls it godly sorrow it works repentance so sometimes godly sorrow can be stirred by the kind of preaching you are listening to. And Paul said, I'm, I don't, I'm not happy I made you sorry or I made you sorrowful through my preaching. That's what Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 from verse 6 somewhere there. He said, my preaching didn't make you happy. I, I'm not happy that you are not happy. But he says that, uh, verse, verse 8, for even if I made you sorry with my letter, okay, I did not regret it, though I did regret it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not happy you were not, you were so, you were, you were made uh, sorry, right? However, I'm happy that you were made sorry. Why? Because for I perceive that the same epistle, epistle made you sorry. Though only for a while. Go to the next verse. Watch this. Now I rejoice. Now that you are made sorry. And it's a, sorry, not that you are made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. I preached and you felt so bad about yourself. I'm happy you felt bad and it has made you repented. But if just for the sake of feeling bad, he said, No, I don't like that. I don't want you to feel bad. But if you felt bad so you can change, he said, Yeah, I got it. I got it. Sometimes some kind of preaching will make you feel bad about your sinful state. Your sinful state. A righteous man like you. A righteous woman like you. How have you reduced yourself so much that you are eating with pigs? Someone needs to wake you up. Wake up, prodigal son. Wake up. Wake up. That wants you back home. Wake up. Wake up. That wants you back home. Prodigal son. Get out of your mess. Get you are in. Get out of it. It is not part, it's not compatible to your nature. Get out! Get out! 
Sometimes you need a preacher to tell you, stop the sinning. Stop the fornication. Girl, you can stop it. Girl, you can stop it. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Shout yes. Yes, you can. You can put an end to that satanic control over your life. You can put an end to the sinning. You can put an end to that unending cycle of sinning. Every two weeks, you have to enter into a major sin. Every. Continuously. And then afterwards, you feel so flat. You feel so flat. You didn't even want to go to church. I'm glad you came. But something drew you. Is the spirit of God inside you. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you came. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who would deliver me from this body of sin? It's a body of sin. It's, it's, it's your body. You can't deny it. And this body is causing you. You know, sometimes when you are wired a certain way, you don't like it. It makes you sad. I say, sometimes I don't like myself. I don't know why I'm like this. I always get upset easily and I spoil all my relationships. I don't, I don't like my... I don't, you know, sometimes it's your body. You can't throw it away. You can't say, okay, let's exchange bodies. Sometimes you have certain desires and tendencies that it's not helpful because you want to be a pastor. But <laughs> you have these tendencies inside you. It's not helping you. You want to be a wonderful wife. You want to be a wonderful husband. But you have these tendencies inside you. So the Bible says that, oh, wretched man, that who would deliver me from this? Look at the next verse. I'm telling you, there is an answer to that crisis. There is an answer to that issue in your system. There is an answer to that control over your body. The answer is in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout, thanks be to God. wretched and locked captives held captives in our own bodies and you can't do anything about it you can't do if your underarms keep producing offensive odor can you cut it you can't you can't shave the skin away <laughs> no no deodorant is able to contain handle it. Only for 20 minutes. And, but it's, it's so much part of you, there's nothing you can do. You, you can't, you, you tried everything. And your body keeps producing offensive odors that is spoiling all your opportunities. And it has now made you feel very sad about yourself. You have low self-esteem because of one, this one thing. So that's, sin is worse. Sin is so much part of you, your body, your human existence, your nature. So if they say it's just natural, it's just natural. Those of you who keep saying, oh, natural, natural, natural. Be careful. You are creating the platform for the sin that lives in you to have free flow, to excel. And there are consequences both on earth and after earth. Hell 
hell is real. Sister, hell is real. I know you can't say no to men, but hell is real. And God has not left you to yourself. He has made provision because he said, I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then with my mind, I said that. Then the next verse says that there is now therefore no condemnation. There is now therefore no condemnation. For co- condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2 says, why? Why is there no condemnation? For the law, the higher law has kicked in now, has made me free from the law of sin and death. So, when you are in church, Satan has your history, but he has not found out the secret. To handle you because now this law of life the law of the spirit of life in you is making you so now watch this so when you are part of the church it's like a mystery because you are a struggler you are in bondage how come you are flowing in Christ so I started by telling you about the cream de la cream did you remember can I finish on that so in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it talks about, watch this. Let's all read it out from the screen. Chapter 2, verse 10, please. Let's go. Okay, first, just the first, first uh, uh, sentence. Let's go. Created in Christ Jesus unto goodness. Do you know what that means? That word translated workmanship, the Greek word is poemen. Sorry, poem. That's where we get the word poem from. So you can translate it craftsmanship. The actual closest meaning of that word that was translated workmanship, it's masterpiece. So we, the church, are God's masterpiece. No, you don't have to go to Niagara Falls. You look at the church, principalities and angels, they look at it and say, this is too nice. We said, we are, and listen, when God created the heavens and the earth, first day he created, second day he created, third day he created, fourth day he created, fifth day he created, sixth day he created, seventh day he rested from all his work, he has finished. And then when Christ died on the cross, he got back to work, to recreate, to create again. So we are his new creation in Christ. That's why if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creation. So we are the masterpiece of God. How did he do it? He created us in Christ Jesus unto good works. God's masterpiece. So when we come together as a church, one reason why you should be grateful and not be missing church and when you come to church, open your heart and thank God is that you too have been accepted in the beloved. You should have been rejected, but you have been accepted. Me? Yes, I've been Leave Those who are trying to condemn you and look at you funny because they know your history is their problem, but you have been... Af- oh. I Some, tell somebody, I have been accepted. I've been accepted not in the community, not in the youth club, not in the men's club, 
not in the girls' club, but in the beloved. Those God love. I have been accepted. So when we come together as a church, it's a congregation of those who are accepted in the beloved. And the angels look into it. This is what the prophets were looking. They couldn't understand. How can a human being who is a wretched person, sin is living in you, yet God has come to live in you, and you are holy before God. And both, all of us together have formed one entity. And heaven looks at this, and the angels say, oh God, this God, this God. Angel, demon said, ah, we don't want to admit it, but this is too nice. This, we have to get this girl out of it. We have to get this boy out of it. So demon's target is to get you out of church. So he will look for that Christian sister who is not serious to come and tell you things you don't need to know. So that you can be tired of church. Then you begin to go. You exempt yourself from the accepted beloved. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show, and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.